This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back and Morning Inspirations. Did you guys pour into yourself? I hope you poured into yourself today. If not, sometimes we can need a little bit more pouring. And today, I'm here to offer you just that. With my new friends and partners, Faithful Counseling. You all always hear me talk about partnering with my Christian Conrads and Christ and always needing that extra shoulder to lean on as well as my faith. Well, today you can take comfort in having that exact same partner with Faithful Counseling. Thank you, Faithful Counseling, for sponsoring this podcast. With Faithful Counseling, you will get access to your needs and you'll be matched with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. That's right, who is a practicing Christian. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. And you can message your therapist at any time to schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With Faithful Counseling, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. That's FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start pouring into yourself today with your new partner at Faithful Counseling. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Morning Inspirations. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful Friday morning that God has decided to wake us up in. If you are happy that God blessed you for waking you up this morning, go ahead and give him some praise right now, right where you're standing, right where you're sitting, or you might be still laying in your bed, meditating on God's word that you read the night before or the day before. Go ahead and give him some glory right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the very breath that you breathed into our body this morning, Father God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy because we know that it's new every single day. We thank you for your favor over our lives on this day, oh Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, 
Lord, for the covenant that you made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob so long, long, long ago, Father God, that is bestowed on our lives still this day, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for being a permanent fixture in our lives, O Heavenly Father, for making our crooked path straight, O Heavenly Father, for unhardening our hearts, O Heavenly Father, and leading us out of the dark into the light, O Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we just bless your name this morning, and we thank you, Father God, for taking care of our family and our children, O Heavenly Father, hearing our prayers and answering our needs, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for keeping our households full, Father. Father God, as you said in your word, if we keep your storehouse full, Father God, that we won't for nothing, Father God. We thank you for clothing us and feeding us, oh Father God. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father God, for your daily bread, Father God, for instilling it in us for that living water that we may thirst no more, Father God. We thank you for your favor on our lives this day, oh Heavenly Father. And we thank you for dying on that cross and rising again. Father God, we just bless your name this morning. We come boldly to the throne with praises and thanksgiving in our mouth, oh Heavenly Father. Please accept on our behalf, Father God, and make our cricket path straight, oh Heavenly Father, Father God. Create in us a clean heart with a clean spirit, Father God. Die off that flesh, oh Heavenly Father, and let our spirit man Rise up and take it rightful place, Father God. Make us righteous men and women of God, oh Father God, and keep us, Father God, on this day, Father God. Let your light shine brightly through us, Father God, and use us as the vessels that you have called us to be. Let us be your rams in the bush on this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Friday that God has blessed us in. Let's wrap up Genesis today. I'm so excited to be wrapping up Genesis, although I can reread it and reread it over and over again. We left off in chapter 46, heading over in chapter 47, and we left off where Joseph and Israel uh, finally meet. Jacob finally sees his son that he thought was dead over in Goshen, and they are rejoicing to see one another. They are weeping and just you know, hugging and just loving on each other like a father and son should, especially when you have been deceived into thinking that your son lives no more. So that was a blessing. And we pick up right here where Joseph is still in business mode. He's still in business mode. Poor Joseph, sometimes it seems like he does so much, much as I'm reading. He has my mind running. <laughs> but he's still in business mode. And he tells his brothers, he say, look, you know, Pharaoh's going to probably ask y'all, why have y'all come to Egypt, although that was a little confusing to me, but as I got more into my word, I understand it. You know, Pharaoh agreed. He rejoiced when his servants came back and told 
him about Joseph's brothers being there and Joseph being reunited with his brothers when he sat down and had that dinner with them and revealed himself to them. But chapter 47 goes on and it talks a little bit and it goes a little bit like this. It says, now Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, my father and my brothers, their livestock and their herd and all they possess have come from the land of Canaan. And indeed, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh said to his brothers, what is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, we have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pasture for their flock, for the phantom is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. So right here we see that Joseph's brothers actually indeed can take directive. Because that is what Joseph told them. You know, Pharaoh's going to ask you what your occupation is. And because back then, you know, the Egyptians and them didn't quite get along and they had different customs. And, you know, as we read back in chapter 46, as my Matthew Henry told me, uh, Jacob was a little bit worried about taking the rest of his sons down to Egypt when Joseph had sent for him because he didn't want them to be tainted, my Matthew Henry tells me. And it says also he did not want them to forget about their God, their father's God. And they, he didn't want them to be tempted. So as we see here, as they're talking to Pharaoh, we find out they can take a little bit of directive, although they've always been kind of mischievous in the past, a little bit hard-headed and kind of doing things their own way. They do follow Joseph's directive. So as, I, as, as we go on with it, Pharaoh then spoke to Joseph saying, your father and your brothers have come. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent man among them, make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Would you look at God? Not only does Pharaoh welcome his brothers, he says, you know, let them have the finest, let them dwell in the finest land. Let them go ahead and take their cattle and and do what they need to do. And my Matthew Henry tells me that's a show of respect from Pharaoh to Joseph for all that he has done for Pharaoh. It's gratitude that he shows. And as well, my, my Matthew Henry tells me in the way that Joseph presented his brothers to Pharaoh. That was a sign of respect to his brothers. Although all that stuff that they had done to him, he is still showing them favor. And as my Matthew Henry also tells me, as it breaks down this this little tidbit, 
it tells me, you know, he doesn't have to give them that sign of respect. After all, he's governor of all Egypt. They're now just herdsmen if we want to look at it in the eyes of, uh, let's say in modern day life, uh, manager, employee type thing. So he really doesn't own them nothing. But being that God is with him, has unhardened his heart, and he loves his brothers and his family, he's put them in a position where they are shown favor from Pharaoh as well as Joseph. And this refers to just God's presence in our life. How God is still merciful on us, no matter the things that we do. God still shows us mercy. It may not show up the way we think it's going to show up, but it does show up. So we go on down to chapter 47, um, verse 7. And it says, Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil has been the days of the years of my life. And they have not obtained to the days of the years of my pilgrimage. So Joseph blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them possession in the land of Egypt, in the best land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his father, his brother, and all his father's household with bread according to the number in their families. So let's break that down a little bit because my Matthew Henry also goes on to break that down a little bit. And as I was just telling you guys, it says he presents his father to Pharaoh. And when Jacob is talking to Pharaoh, he presents himself as a a pilgrimage. And it tells me here that, first of all, by Joseph not being afraid to acknowledge his brothers, especially after they spoke to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh, we're just shepherds. That shows him in a class all by himself, that he wasn't ashamed to call them brethren, even though all the things that they had done to him. And it also goes to tell me, goes on to tell me, as Jacob is presented to Pharaoh, Jacob's asked Pharaoh a common question. How old are thou? And they say in my Matthew Henry that the way Jacob answers Pharaoh is an uncommon answer. He speaks as he becomes a partridge with his seriousness as instructed and for the observance of Pharaoh. He called himself a pilgrimage 
looking upon himself as a stranger in this world and a traveler towards another. This earth is his end, not his home. He reckons his life to days. The character he gives of them is first that we are few, second that they were evil. Jacob's life had days of pleasant and evil. Yet the days before him will be pleasant, but short. Thirdly, that they were short of days of his father. Not so many were pleasant as their days. Jacob both addresses himself to Pharaoh and takes leave of him, blessing him. Jacob blesses Pharaoh twice. He prayed for him as one having the authority of a prophet. And that's how my Matthew Henry breaks that down. And it made so much more sense to me when I read it out of my King James, with my new King James, as well as getting the breakdown. I encourage you, if you're trying to find yourself And if you're trying to get the understanding sometimes of things that you don't know or quite understand when you read it out of your King James, get you one of these Matthew Henry commentaries. Mine is very, very old. It is my husband's. He used to use it. He encouraged me to start using it as I read. And it really breaks down... um, the different sentences and it breaks it down section by section I just love this little thing but as well we see here how he answered and that is how we as believers as Christians we see ourselves we see ourselves as the earth is not our earthly home that this is just mere our stepping stone. Enjoy ourselves while we're here, but the goal is bigger. The goal is to dwell in the house of the Lord. And as Moses would say, see the land of milk and honey, the streets of gold. As Jesus said to his disciples, in my father's house, there are many mansions. That was one of my mother's favorite quotes. She would say that all the time. So the bigger goal is to get keep yourself right while you're here on earth. Love one another. Do the best that you can to stay committed to your walk with your Heavenly Father, His statutes and commandments. And it all boils down to one thing, and that's just love. If you, if you love with that agape, that unconditional love for your neighbors and not just your physical neighbors next door, your kin folks, your children, the strangers, love the best way that you know how and leave everything else up to God. So as we move on, we see that Jacob blesses Pharaoh not once, but twice as this is a tradition as we're going to see on going on in the word. A blessing from an elder, a blessing from somebody that God has shown favor, that he has his hands on. That had to be something back in that day and still is today. And note 
that they noted him as like a prophet. Well, isn't that what we just seen with Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dreams? So Pharaoh was just winning with Joseph's family. It was a blessing for Joseph to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. It elevated him. And as we go forth, we're going to see that it's going to elevate Pharaoh too. So my Bible tells me now there was no bread in the land for the phantom was severe. So the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan was languished because of the phantom. Excuse me. So now Joseph gathers up all the money that he found in the land in Egypt and in the land of Canaan for grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money fell in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all of the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for shall we starve in thy sight? Or shall we die in your presence? And for the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give me your livestock and I will give you bread for your livestock. If the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph. And Joseph gave them bread. In exchange for horses and flock. The cattle of the herd. And for all the duckings. Thus he fed them with bread. In exchange for their livestock. So look at him still. Willing and dealing and doing business. So they their money was no good. My Matthew Henry tells me, what could they do with all the gold and the silver that they hoarded up? They couldn't feed themselves. They couldn't feed their cattle. You can't feed your cattle. Your cattle can't sow the land. So they needed that bread. They needed that bread. So now they're willing to give up some things. So... When the next year had ended, they came back to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from the Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herd of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of the Lord but our bodies and our land. They've given up the money. They've given up their livestock. Now they're offering up their sales as workers, laborers. And their lamb. And they asked the same question. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us in our land for bread, and we in our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph brought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the phantom was severe upon them. So when the land became Pharaoh's, all the people he moved into the cities from one end of the border of Egypt to the other end of Egypt. And my Bible tells me that the only ones that was left with their land was the priests. It says in chapter 47, verse 22, only the land of the priests he did not buy. 
for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations, which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have brought you and the land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and food for those of your household and as food for your little ones. So they said, you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt till this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priests only, which he did not get, which he did not uh, buy. It says Israel dwelled in the land of Egypt and in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Well, not only is Joseph got his family back, Joseph is also a great businessman, and he is over the top of the land of Egypt, and he's having a will and deal in the land of Egypt and Canaan, and the Egyptians are coming to him because there is a need. And he has gathered up all their livestock, all their money, and all their land. In today's world, that we probably would call that a billionaire or a billionaire. But he's done his job and he's done it well for Pharaoh. Who wouldn't want a great businessman on that on their side like that, irregardless of how he got there, God was still able to use him for His glory and elevate him at the same time. A couple weeks ago, a couple days ago, I said to you just that. Every circumstance that Joseph found himself in, he wanted for nothing. It wasn't like the movie Roots (laughs) where we see they were just taking the people and, and treating them just horribly in whips and chains and selling them off and half not feeding them. Joseph was being fed, dressed well, and promoted in every situation he found himself in. From being stolen away from his homeland, sold, being a servant of a household, from being lied on, sent to prison, elevated in prison, become the king's governor over all his household and land and people. Now he's got his family back. He was able to establish his family and still continue to do his job. 
I don't know about you guys, but I know I serve a mighty, mighty God. And can't nobody on earth do this. Can't nobody on earth do this but God. These people sold themselves. They had cattle. They had hoarded up money. They had land. But they had no bread. They had no seed. They had no seed. So some can look at it like this. I got the bread. You got the peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, you might be able to lick the peanut butter and jelly off of the knife or spoon. But eventually you're going to want some bread with that. And the people that's got the bread might want a little bit of peanut butter and jelly. So sometimes we have to work hand in hand, no matter if we like each other or not. My Matthew Henry tells me the Egyptians wasn't too fond of the Canaanites. Their traditions, their customs. You know, remember when they sat and dined with Joseph, they had to sit at a whole nother table because it was an abomination for them to dine with the Egyptians. So here, you got a little something. I got a little something. Let's make something happen. And Joseph was able to finagle this thing in the favor of Pharaoh. And my Matthew Henry tells me that Pharaoh saw what he saw in his dream. With all of this coming to pass, remember he dreamed about the con, the lean con. So he said, so it tells me once they sold their stock, it was easy for them, their livestock, it was easy to persuade them to sell their land too. And without their land and that without their livestock, it was nothing else for them to do but work to get in exchange what they needed. The nutrition, the nourishment. Either you're going to die or you're going to give it up. And he, Joseph was in, able in return to make Pharaoh great. But the greatest of all, really, is Joseph because of God's grace and mercy and his favor on him. And then the ultimate greatness of this whole story is God gets the glory. He gets the glory. He gets to show himself mighty. We serve a jealous God. He likes to show off. He gets the glory out of all these things taking place. We in this day and time, we go through bad situations. All of us have. And while we're in that bad situation, we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just like Joseph, there are many a people to this day is in prison for crimes that they did not commit. Some has been released after doing years and years of time and still telling people, I did not commit that crime. Some have been justified, some haven't. 
We didn't see that Joseph got justified here, vindicated about the accusations that the captain guard's wife made against him. But we saw him get elevated anyway. Just think about that for a little minute. It wasn't like he got vindicated of these charges. He just had knowledge and he just happened to have what someone in a higher position than him was able to give. And that's what we have to do when we look at our circumstances. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of hope and having faith. Being in the right place at the right time. And maybe someone in a higher position can help us get to where we need to go. If it be in God's will. So, as we move on, Joseph, we found out he moved the people to the end of the border of Egypt. And they indeed worked. And Israel dwelt there. It tells me that, so Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and had possessions there, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. God told him that already. God told him, I will be with you when you go down to Egypt, when he stopped in Beersheba. He told him when he made that offering, when he came to him in a vision. He told him, Israel, don't be afraid. Go down to Egypt, and I'll bring you back up. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. That's a long time. People don't live that long anymore. And when the time grew near that Israel must die, he called his sons Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my father. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in the burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. Then he said, swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed, your father is sick. And he had took him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me in lugs in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simon 
they shall be mine. Your offspring, whom you beget after you shall be yours, they will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from Pandan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was little distance to Ephraim. And I buried her there on the way. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from behind his knee, and he bowed them down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them, and Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel's left and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, whom was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hand knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be upon them in the name of their fathers Abraham and Isaac. Let them grow into a multitude of mist of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, father, for this one is firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused, and he said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed him that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Menasal. And thus he set Ephraim before Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your father. Moreover, I have given you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. And that is chapter 49. He goes on and tells, he goes on and blesses his other brothers. 
but not all of them get the blessing that they're looking for. I'm going to wrap this up with just that. Head on over to Genesis chapter 49 through verse uh, chapter 50. When Joseph fell on his face and wept over him and kissed him, and Joseph commanded his servants, the physician, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for him, for such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. So everyone got a blessing. Everyone got a blessing. And some good, some bad. We're going to wrap that part up because I do want to kind of talk about the blessings that Joseph gave unto the other sons. Because as the old saying goes, Parents know their children. Some of us may be in denial and choose to overlook for the moment the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we know our children. Most of us mothers have said this in a lifetime because I have heard my mother say it. I know my son. I know my daughter. So all this time, we never heard Jacob say anything to them individually. The Bible only tells us of one of the brothers' story, and that was Judah. Let's see what the blessings that Israel bestowed upon his sons on Monday I thought I was going to be able to make it through I'm running nine minutes over today so on Monday we will wrap up the burial of Israel but before they bury him what he told the rest of his sons on Monday be blessed in everything that you do on this beautiful Friday Get you some rest, throw up your feet, get your chores out the way, do your laundry, all that good stuff that we do when we have a day off. But don't forget to go fellowship in the house of the Lord. Get yourself in a Bible-based church under some good fellowship and some good guidance. If you can't do that, kick up your feet, make you some breakfast, and find you a good station to tune into and get some word in you. Let God feed your soul, fill you up with that daily bread, that living water. May, may it give you something to penetrate on, meditate on over the weekend, going into your week, fill you up till you can get to Bible study on Wednesday. Or perhaps, if you're like me, stay in your word every day, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Let God fill you up. Fill your cup up till it runs over and it runs over out of you and pour into somebody else. As well, 
We have the kickoff of season five. For those of you that listen to my regular scheduled show, we're so excited about coming back on air in October. But we're going to give you a sneak preview September the 23rd. Queen's Table Talk returns. I've got some special guests coming on to chop it up. We're going to be talking about everything woman (laughs) and being that it is Women's Health Month. A women's Awareness Month, should I say. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of those factors. We're going to add in some of those factors. And you guys can join us um, on September the 23rd at 6 p.m. over on our YouTube channel. As well as if you tune in to Spotify, you can see the video footage on Spotify as well. If you haven't already, head on over, sign up for the show, rate the show, give us five stars if you think we're worth it. Give us some comments. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the people that has been popping up on Apple and rating the show and giving me five stars. When you give me five stars and you rate the show, it just does wonders for me as well as any of the episodes. Don't be radio silent. They always have a polling question and they always have a question. It takes just a few minutes to say, great show. That helps me a lot with the sponsors. The more you respond to those questions, whether it's one statement or one word, that helps the sponsorship that we have over there with Spotify for podcasters. And I am really trying to get out in this community and do some great things. God has been wonderful to me this far in the guidance of this show. We're coming up November the 2nd on our one-year anniversary, The Little Injured They Could. We have a couple of spinoff shows for those that only listen to the morning inspirations. My regular show is 12th Street Talk Back. Under its umbrella, of course, is Morning Inspirations. Freedom Friday's Gal Chat with myself and my co-host, Miss Riri, specifically on YouTube, as well as Queen Tables Talk. It is a spin-off of the show. We, we left off in season four doing two episodes. It's brand new. It has been received quite, quite well. And that is hosted on Spotify as well as YouTube if you like to see the video footage. But it's on all of your listening platforms for audio. Guys, check us out as well as head on over to 12streettalkback.com. Check out our website. Go over to Bonfire. Get you a community t-shirt. All proceeds go to the community fund. We're going to try to get out here and get some things rolling in our elderly community for our seniors as well as on Spotify. You can donate as 99 cents all the way up to 99.99 if that if God lays it on your heart do anything something that's free rating the show and giving us a rating and making a notation or or a review as they call it that's free commenting making a comment after the show if you enjoy listening that's free 
If you can't do any of the others, buy a t-shirt or donate to the show. Please, please, please do something for the show for free. Until Monday, peace and blessings to you all. And I hope you have a blessed, blessed weekend. Don't forget, tune in to The Queen's Table Talk, September the 23rd. Head on over to 12th Street Talk Back on Facebook and Instagram, as well as we have a group you can join called God's Plan, God Faith Community. We're 128 members strong. Our 12th Street Talk Back page is 700 members strong, and we are growing. God has really blessed us this year. We are now in 26 countries, as well as partially all over the United States. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening from wherever you are and whatever platform you're on. For those of you that only do Morning Inspirations, you got to check out our other shows. We talk about real events, real life, real things. Peace and blessings. Until next time.